Welcome to Strategic Real Estate Coach Radio, hosted by Josh Cantwell and Kyle Gariffo. Strategic Real Estate Coach is where the nation's leading real estate investors, brokers, and agents turn to transform the way the real estate business is being done in neighborhoods across the nation. If you desire to make more money, do more deals, grow your passive income, and build the lifestyle you've always wanted, you need Strategic Real Estate Coach. This powerhouse team is led by Josh Cantwell, a seasoned investor with nearly a decade of experience over 700 transactions and over 5.5 million in fundraising generated for himself and his partners. Now, sit back, listen, learn, and accelerate your business with Strategic Real Estate Coach Radio. Hey there, everybody. This is Josh Cantwell, CEO at Strategic Real Estate Coach and Freeland Ventures. And welcome back to another uh, interview series, part of our podcasting series, Strategic Real Estate Coach Radio. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, welcome to YouTube or any of the other social media platforms. Uh, I want to welcome you. And today our goal is to give you some amazing ideas and strategies to help you, you know, level up your game in real estate investing. So I appreciate everybody being here. Uh, my guest for today is my good friend, uh, Jim Thomas from the New Jersey market. Uh, Jim is one of our students and actually coming up at, uh, at our Flip and Fun Summit, uh, one of our live events that we do once or twice a year. Uh, Jim is going to be there actually hanging out, sharing the stage a little bit, sharing some information with our crowd. So we're excited to have him uh, him there. And I've actually caught Jim on his way from New Jersey, driving down to Southern Ohio uh, to go hunting. So we're recording this on a Tuesday afternoon and Jim's uh, making, the, making the trek down to Southern Ohio. So Jim, thanks for joining us today. And uh, why don't we jump in, buddy? Just uh, tell us what you're doing. Tell us where you're going from New Jersey to Southern Ohio, and uh, you're off having fun. So what are you up to? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm in my second office here, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> right. I uh, uh, my little home away from home. I uh, got back uh, last night. I hopped in my truck early this morning. I'm headed to uh, Southern Illinois down by uh, Lower Salem, Marietta area for my uh, annual hunting trip. Um, so uh, I'm excited about that to get back with my my buddy out there and meet him out out in the trees <laughs> nice nice how long have you been uh how long have you been hunting uh, i've been hunting my whole life so uh really active uh bow hunting for about the last 15 years i, I absolutely love it so nice doing something you love and driving out during the week on a tuesday that's great you're when we were getting ready for this i said man jim you look like a hunter you know <laughs> beard going nicely trimmed right uh well, gonna look good for the deer josh that's right yeah yeah they don't know what's coming they don't know what's coming that's great man um so jim tell us you know you're an active real estate investor full-time i know you've got a couple different things you do sort of multiple streams of income but real estate wise uh you're essentially retired from your former job on the railroad after 26 years i think it was on the railroad to uh to be a full-time real estate investor uh, and some other things that you kind of toy around with on the side now, enjoying that. So uh, why don't you just kind of help our audience understand where are you at in your real estate investing today? Give us an idea of what you focus on, whether it's wholesaling, rehabbing, uh, passive cash flow, private money. Uh, tell us a little bit about your investing strategy. Uh, yeah, actually, I've been into a, a little bit of everything here lately. Um, and great news for those that don't know it. I haven't had a chance to put it up in uh uh, our mastermind elite and, and that on Facebook uh, crowd yet, but we just closed a house. We just got the wire this morning. 
Nice. Autobahn, bye-bye. No Autobahn? You sold it? Yeah, Autobahn's history. All right. That's good stuff. I didn't talk to my team yet. For those of you guys that don't know, uh, you know, as, a, through a, as being a private lender and running our private equity fund, we fund deals for our students and our members and our friends. Uh, we funded that deal for Jim, so he was able to buy the property with no money out of pocket. I think the only thing Jim paid for was like his appraisal, inspection, stuff like that. But he was able to get to the closing table, no money down. Uh, and we funded it for him and made a profitable deal and got the wire this morning. Yeah. Killer. Yeah. And Jim, that's like what, the sixth or eighth deal we funded for you? Yeah, somewhere between six and eight. And another one that you funded also, um, Albertine, that's going out the door uh, not this week, but the following week on the 16th, we'll close that one out as well. Nice. So it's going to be a good month, November. Yeah, I love November, man. Yeah. <laughs> Babies need new shoes, you know what I mean? Babies need new shoes. <laughs> yeah, and you got to get some new hunting equipment too, you know? Uh, I'm headed to Cabela's on my way to lower lower area of Ohio here. No, so, don't, spend your, don't spend the whole wire that you just got. Your wife might be, might be no, upset. No, no, I, I won't do that. But uh, <laughs> you know, we've been, been doing a lot of uh, fix and flip properties. Um, you guys have funded uh, quite a handful of those that we've done. Um, I, like I say, about six or eight, we've got um, two more in the works that we used a, uh, a lender on uh, that we're, we're rehabbing big projects. Um, we've got uh, another one on market right now for sale. Uh, we've got another one coming up here shortly uh, that's going to hit the market. We've got one that we just put under contract that we close on the 26th. That one right now, we're going to start that uh, as a rehab uh, with the idea of, of flipping it and selling it. But the numbers on it are real, real good. I'm excited to actually talking with Chris here the other day. Um, for those that don't know, he's with Freeland that does a lot of the, the underwriting and that stuff. Um, we spoke about the, uh, the new long-term funding that you guys have. So as we work through that project, depending on kind of where we land, we may, instead of put granite and nice backsplash, we may put Formica countertops and transition that into long-term rental. That way we've, we've got that monthly cash flow. That's been part of, of my big focus here lately is creating that monthly cash flow. We, uh, we landed a deal up in upstate New York, very, very similar to the one that I did a couple of years ago uh, that I told you, the HUD that I got for like 18000 up there. Yeah. The same realtor that we worked with, we went on vacation this year, and when we came back, two days after I came back, we looked at a few houses. She had called me, and she says, I got another deal for you. You got to get back up here. Um, so we, we landed that deal. It was a... Uh, <clears throat> um, gentleman his dad had moved in with him he was trying to unload the house um i love the some of the things that i've heard from you and the other coaches of you know the negotiations and, and stuff and they wanted forty five thousand for the house uh, i went up i took a look at it and i was like man 45 grand is a steal on that house but i don't want to pay 45 yeah. grand. so i, I called him up. yeah yeah so i called him up and i you know in short just kind of was you know, for what we're going to have to do in rehab, I fed off from him because before I even went in, his words to me on the phone were, man, it's a wreck. It needs a lot, a lot of work and blah, blah, blah. So when I got on the phone with him, the words out of my mouth were, hey, man, you were right. The place is a wreck. It needs a lot, a lot of work. You know, I couldn't hardly begin to give you 
what you're looking for for the house and he says well what are you thinking and i said i really couldn't go much more than 15 20 000 on that house and he was like oh man i was really hoping to get a little bit more you know would you be able to come up to like thirty-five thousand? i said man hmm. gave it that awkward moment of silence and i was like man it's a lot of work when you look at the arv and that i said 2020 like 2015 to 20 that's my max bud and he was like ah, well i really got to get rid of it would you be willing to meet me like halfway and i went hmm mm. now i'm sitting right where i'm sitting right now in my truck seat with the phone in my ear not saying a word just awkward silence but in the meantime i'm fist pumping going oh yeah baby cash flow cash flow you know and uh i was like well so you're talking like 25 grand he goes yeah i says all right 25 grand man i hate to do it it's a lot i said i could do that but you're gonna have to handle all the closing costs and all that type of stuff he's like all right done deal i literally hung up with him called the attorney i said draw this thing up now i said and get it out to me get it to him so we locked it in under contract for uh twenty five thousand. it needs about probably about 20 25 to get it re, uh, rent ready and it'll be a seasonal rental rent out about four months a year and it'll do me uh, somewhere between 12 to 1600 a week um and nice. rental. yeah nice. i'm excited about that not to mention there's a nice garage in the back that we can convert to another rental which will double that turning it into about 24 20 800 somewhere around there a week in rental income so wow so you might i mean you could literally have that thing if you took all the cash flow and put it right towards you know your your principal if you had a loan on it right. you basically have that thing paid off in like five five to seven years or less exactly exactly wow that's great jim yeah, so exactly. so a lot of rehab stuff obviously we funded a lot of your deals which is great um for those of you that you know are looking for a lender or looking for more information about funding you can check out our website. It's freelandlending.com. Uh, you know, ping us, contact us, let us know if we can help you. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we have, we have a process like we're working through a gym where we can provide the purchase funding, the rehab funding. Uh, there is, you know, uh, interest payments that you have to make and stuff like that. So it's not totally like no cash at all, but we do fund the deal hundred percent at the closing table, but purchase and rehab. And then we have, a takeout lender, permanent finance lenders that will fund deals for 30 years based off of a 30 year amortization schedule. I just did that on one of my own properties, bought it, uh, rehabbed it, rented it, refinanced it, and uh, only put, in that case, I wanted a lower loan to value uh, on the, the long-term rental. So I put like 5,600 bucks into it on a $150,000 deal. That's what I put in at closing to pay off my acquisition funding and my rehab funding. So I could, uh, you know, keep it long-term. So five grand out of pocket. Uh, and I'm, I'll make that up within a few months uh, of, uh, of positive rental income. So Jim, is that part of your strategy now is kind of fix and flip for big profit, but then fix rehab, rent and refi for long-term cash flow? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, one of the things that I wish I could have told myself here a few years ago was, you know, you're moving these flips, you're moving these flips leverage that money that you're making back into more rental, you know, rental portfolio, leverage some of that kind of split it up between 
you know, putting some money back to keep the, the, the rehabs going, but leverage some back and take mortgages and long-term whatever, right. To, to, to get that cash flow coming because it helps with obviously those monthly holding costs with different lenders and different things like that. And right. just the sustainability of the family, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Cash is king. That's great, Jim. So, um, so Jim, let me, let me take a step back and let's go back in, in history a little bit, a couple years ago. Um, just tell us again a little bit about your background. You worked on the railroad for over 25 years. Uh, what was that like? Uh, and you know, when that was coming to an end, when did you kind of get catch the real estate bug? And how did you kind of figure out your exit from you know kind of retiring, getting out of uh, the railroad and into real estate? So I guess the question is, is you know, when did you catch the real estate bug? And when you did, what were you doing at that time? Yeah, you know, I. It's funny because I've actually had the real estate bug for a very, very long time. Back yeah, from, <laughs> I caught you too. Huh? Yeah, before I even went in the Marine Corps, you know, um, because I had an aunt who was very successful with real estate, uh, but I didn't want to be that nag that kind of hounded her like, you know, hey, Aunt Linda, how'd you do this? And so on and so on. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm running the grind on the railroad every every single day up at 530 out in my truck at six and down at the yard by seven and and work and supposed to be till 330. But who knows, I might be lucky if I'm home by nine. You know, I'd my kids I'd leave before my kids got up getting home after they they went to bed. I'm supposed to see them on Saturday. That's not happening because I'm stuck working Saturday too, half a day Sunday. So I'm literally getting like four hours a week with with my girls and that's no good, you know? Um, and I, and I decided I needed to make a change and I actually had flown to Tennessee for a job interview because there's no secret. Everybody knows that me and my wife want to head out to Tennessee. Right. And for the first time in my, now right before I had left, you know, I, I had went to a few seminars, went to through a few different things and I get this email from, Josh Cantwell. And I said to myself, oh, great. Another one of these gurus, right? And I kind of put it to the side. And I went to Tennessee and I sat through that interview. And for the first time in my life ever, I was told no, that I wasn't made for that position. I, it wasn't for me. And I thought, you son of a bitch, who are you to tell me what I can and can't do? So I, I, was headed back to the airport and I remember I I'm flying down the highway I am PO'd I'm every word in the book coming out of my mouth I'm on the phone with my wife talking about what a no good you know what that guy was to tell me and she's like well what are you going to do I says I'm going to get back into my email I said and I'm going to find that Josh Cantwell and I'm going to get into his course on some level and somewhere and see what I can get going because I need to do something different and I remember sitting down on the airplane I'm walking in and I'm on my phone trying to get set up with back then it was the 40k flips right sure. and I hit it the first time. I wasn't sure if everything cycled and went through, so I did it again. So I ended up signing up for you like three times that day. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I kept getting these email, emails. Finally, I talked to, to uh, the girls at the office. They got it all squared away. But, yeah, sure. Yeah, so then I, then I found out that, that um, I think Vegas was the first event. You were having an event there. And I got signed up, and, and I went down, and – um, you know, I'm, I'm there with my wife and everything. And I, I was all in 
at that point, I was ready to go. Problem was, is we didn't really have the money at that point to do it. We were struggling, you know, mm-hmm. and I remember watching some of the, the people sign up and, and get moving with you there at, at that event. And, and I thought, all right, Chrissy Morrison, she's in my area. Teddy Slack, he's in my area. You know, Mark Amona, he's down in Texas. I need to follow these guys and kind of see what they're doing over the next six months. And um, Chrissy, man, I watched her, her drop her deals in, you know, got this one under contract, this one under contract, this going on and that. And I just sat stall for six months with like, you know, I mean, I was looking at, at properties, doing offers, listening to all your your uh, week. I remember hiding under the bridges <laughs> to listen to the two Tuesday calls, right? Because we're not allowed to have our phone on the railroad and uh, hoping the supervisor wouldn't drive up while I was getting educated. <laughs> and, Tuesday at two o'clock, hiding underneath the bridge. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I just, I watched the success that they were having. And I said to my wife, I said, they have another event coming up in Dallas. I said, come hell or high water, I am going to Dallas, and I am, I'm getting in with these guys the way I should be. And, and the thing was, my, my only regret of it was not – there wasn't deals lost. There wasn't opportunity passed up, if you will. It, it just went to somebody else, right, that, that knew how to get them and, and do those things. What I lost was six full months of earning potential – that Chrissy Morrison and Teddy Slack and Mark Moore, they all had that. And I was watching them crush it. And and when I got back out to Dallas, I found Chrissy and I said, Hey, I said, I'm in, I said, I, I, I'm not waiting anymore any longer. And I remember walking up to Brian and, and looking at him and he's like, he kind of recognized me. I said, hello. And I said, Hey, I said, uh, I'm, I'm here. I'm ready to go. I said, I don't need, you know, anything. I said, just, tell me what I've got to do. And I remember watching his jaw drop. Like, huh, huh. I said, are you the guy to talk to or is there somebody else? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there was no way I was walking out of that event, not being part of that mastermind master elite group, because I already saw what it had done for the other people. So my, my only regret through this entire process is that I didn't, I didn't do it six months prior because yeah. I lost a lot of earning potential. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's awesome. Jim. So Help me understand, like, so you went through that interview in Tennessee. There was obviously something eating at you to say, like, the railroad's not for me anymore. Uh, you know, I put in my time. I'm sick of missing all this time with my girls. You know, Tennessee's a place we want to go, and real estate is an opportunity I have. What was it about, like, making that next step? What was it? Was it were you just unsatisfied? Was it the time with your kids? Was it you weren't earning enough money? Like, what was it that was really kind of biting at you, eating at you that you thought, man, this is this is not the life I want. Like, I, I can be so much bigger, so much better. There's another version of me that's a bigger, better version, and the railroad's not going to cut it. I've got to find something else. Like, give me an idea of what was going on in your mind at that at that moment. Yeah, I would say check, check, and check all the above that you just mentioned. Okay. A big part of me that was was killing me was not being with my kids, right? I mean, as a, a parent, I mean, one of the, the biggest things that, that we want is, one, when they're little, is having that time, having the freedom yeah. to be with them, to enjoy the little little parts in their life 
that my parents missed with me because they were at the grind. They were working daily. You know, uh, some of you may have seen here recently, uh, here uh, back on the 31st, uh, I'm like beside myself and excited as I'll get out that I'm one. Now that field that I stood on with my kids for their Halloween parade. All right. There's, there's uh, 300 or so kids in that in that school, which means there should be 600 people minimum standing on that field. Yeah, and I was one parents, of 10, you know. Yeah, I was one of ten dads that got to stand on that field oh, basically and watch my girls go around and around in a circle. And and it, you guys watch the video, you'll see their faces light up when they realize Daddy's here. He's video and he's yeah. right there, you know. So for me, that's that was a huge thing. Um, the next part of it was trying to figure out, you know, how are we going to provide for them girls when they, as they get older, you know, how are we going to get them to college? How are we, how are we going to take care of them and support them? And not something that I share with a lot of people, but obviously anybody watching this is going to find out, you know, a few years ago, we were in a lot of trouble financially. Uh, you know, we were trying to keep the house out of foreclosure and it was a bad, bad time for us. And I've never been one to lay down right? Just lay down, put my hands up and say, all right, you got me, uh, you know, take it. It's over. I've always been a fighter. And that day when he told me no, that I couldn't have that job, I was like, you son of a bitch, don't you ever worry about it because I'm never going to need a job again. And, yeah. and I raced back to get into your program i had to obviously stay with the railroad for a little bit because i had to keep that that money coming and, and stuff and when i finally made that decision when i i said to my wife i says you know because it was it was right before we had hit hit the dallas event i said baby i said i can't do this working on the railroad i says i i don't have the time to be making calls in the middle of the day, trying to look at properties, go through contract. I don't have the time for that. The only way I'm really going to be able to take this business off the ground is to free up that time to have to do that. And she's like, well, what are we talking about? I said, I need to, I need to walk away from the railroad. I said, as much as I hate to do it, I said, I, I got my time in. I said, I literally can walk out of there right now. I said, if I leave, that frees me up to get access to my 401k so I can utilize that, roll it into self-directed IRAs, things like that, that I've been here. And I said, and, and that'll free me to be able to, to look for the deals and find the deals. And she says, well, you know, how much time are we talking about? I said, well, I'm not worried about it. I said, cause I know that I can walk back in that office in a minute and they'll hire me back just like that. Yeah. I said, I need three weeks. And she looked at me like, what? I said, three weeks. I said, you give me three weeks. I said, if I can't find a deal inside three weeks, then I shouldn't be doing this anyway. And I'll go back to the railroad and we'll just stay where we're at. Nice. She's like, okay, you're on. I'm behind you. I support you. And when I walked into Dallas, not only was I ready and prepared to get going with, with you, you know, the full master and that, um, I walked in there with three deals in my pocket. Yeah. Right? Cause I had been just, what was that HUD deal? Yeah. Yeah. It would, all three of them were HUD deals. I had, I had three HUD deals cause I had been really watching and listening to DK's, uh, you know, working his way through now I'm a little not as computer savvy as DK and that. So one of the great things that we did actually with you here um, about 
happened a year ago was that Colby challenge that yeah. made me recognize my strength, my weakness, and I need to employ other people to handle some of those other things. So I'm still about as tech savvy as I was when I first started. <laughs> but on the other side, I've got people around me who are tech savvy that can handle doing the things that, that DK has showed me. So, nice. um, and, and, uh, man, it's just been lightning ever since. So. Nice. Yeah. You know, I think I call it the, I, I spoke about this on other, uh, podcasts, blog posts. I speak about this at our live events. Uh, and I call it the pressure cooker. The pressure cooker is where you're kind of doing something, doing it, doing it. It's, and it's not necessarily fulfilling, but it's your, either people fall into an area where they feel comfortable or they fall into an area where they feel trapped. It's either comfort or being trapped where they're in one thing. It could be the railroad. It could be for me, it was financial planning for a lot of other people. It might be medical sales or they're a doctor or a teacher uh, or, you know, whatever it might be. And they're, their, their income's going up, but their lifestyle is going up with it. And they feel like they're kind of stuck with the job because the lifestyle's right behind that. Right. And they're kind of doing it, doing it, doing it for a while. And then the, the pain of doing that is continuing to grow and grow. And they're not feeling, you know, they're starting to get maybe physically sick or physically not fit anymore. Mentally, they're frustrated, they're fighting with their spouse, but their income might be really good. But all these negative things are happening because they're just not feeling that sense of fulfillment anymore. They're not feeling the sense of feeling like there's a future, like they're making progress. And if you take away somebody's feeling of progress, it becomes depressing. Yeah. Um, talked a lot about this actually during World War II, uh, where because the Nazis were taking over you know, Europe, that when you take away somebody's feeling of progress, people tend to give up. Well, other people, if in your case, Jim, you know, you probably felt like the railroad wasn't giving you any more sense of fulfillment or sense of progress. And you kind of feel like there's it, it, the, the world's kind of caving in. You feel this pressure cooker. You can either, you feel so much pain that you totally give up, which you obviously weren't going to do, or you feel so much pain that you fight back. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, I've got to do something different. I'm going to fight back. I'm going to do something else. And that's when you thought, okay, I'm going to go do this job in Tennessee. And the guy told you no. And then that, that feeling of like progress was even kind of smashed a little bit more. And then you're like, you know what? Forget it. I'm going to go do this thing on my own. And all of a sudden it's like, now it's about momentum, progress. I feel the sense of like accomplishment, the sense of I'm achieving something. I'm doing this on my own. And the only way to continue to have that growth is to continue to set bigger and bigger and bigger goals. Because if you don't set bigger and bigger goals, what happens is you actually achieve your goals. And when you achieve your goals, it's actually a good thing, but it's a bad thing in some ways because if you don't have bigger goals to chase after and you start to feel, again, that sense of comfort like you had at the railroad, it's just a higher level, but the same sense of comfort where you're like, okay, if I have this comfort now and I don't have that pain that I had when I wanted to leave the railroad, now if I don't have that sense of pain kind of pushing me from behind, pushing me with that momentum, right? And I have this sense of comfort. Eventually, if I have that sense of comfort too long, I'm going to fall back to my old ways. I'm going to fall back to my old problems. I'm going to fall back to my old financial issues. So you really don't want to keep that sense of comfort too long. And that's the one thing I tell people, look, you've got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. 
The most successful people that I know are always uncomfortable. They're always trying to achieve something else. Matter of fact, Kevin Harrington, uh, the original shark from Shark Tank and the founder of As Seen on TV, he told me that in a private session. He and I were talking. He's like, Josh, look, I'm 60-something years old now, and I've never been comfortable. He's worth tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. I've never been comfortable. I've always had bigger, bigger goals. I've always felt like there's a sense of insecurity, and that's why I've had so much uh, financial, you know, impact and so much financial security is because I never felt secure. I always wanted to achieve something else. So Jim, that leads me to the next question for you, which is what does the future look like for you then? Now that you've kind of, we see the past, we know where you're at today. You've done lots of deals. You're creating passive income. What does the future look like for you? So project yourself out, you know, two years, five years, 10 years. What, What do you want that to look like both financially but also like day to day, like what do you want to be doing with your time, with your kids, with your spouse? What does that look like in the future? Yeah, uh, you know, what I've, I've, I've tried to stay focused with is what you were just saying is keeping an uncomfortable feeling. And those aren't always hard to find, right? You know, right. I look in at, the, at kind of the slow time between the, the rehabs and stuff like that with not much coming in and recognizing that, hey, this is an uncomfortable position for me. I need to create something more that's going to give me that monthly, you know, cash flow that continues to come in, which is why I've been so focused here lately in looking, you know, everything I've pretty much bought to this point has been a flip. Mm-hmm. The, the, the next three properties that I have under contract right now or in attaining the contract on them over the next week, those are rentals. They're rental properties because I need that for that monthly cash flow. Yeah. Uh, another thing, I was actually just talking with another one of our mastermind students here um, last evening. Um, because it's a, it's a big family, right? One of us gets down, we reach out, we have a conversation, we pick each other up and we keep on, keep on trucking. Um, and he brought kind of light to me of, even though I'm having the successes with the flips and stuff like that, one of the things I'm lacking is the wholesale side, you know, and, and we talked about this there in our, our, uh, uh, round circle down in Punta Cana, but I kind of forgot it or kind of set it aside, right? Um, because I was moving with the flips so much, but is doing the wholesale side, moving some properties in between, give me 15, 20 K in, in cash quick and, and roll that into, you know, rentals or rehabs or whatever it is that I'm doing, but trying to, to keep a constant cash flow. Um, one of the things that I've probably been most fear of is the private money side. It's finding partners. It's, it's, it's doing those things. And DK, you know, every week or every two weeks when we have our coaching session, one of the things that we always talk about is private money, sometimes in more depth than others. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but just on a constant search for that private, private money, bringing it in. And I have found it in a lot of little ways. Um, many people know uh, my partner, Wesley. We've done a lot of deals together. Uh, Wesley Harris out in California. Um, I just actually got together with another couple here in New Jersey um, that I can't wait to get them to one of the, the events. I don't know if they can make Vegas or not, um, but bringing them into the group as well. Um, we're starting to do a little bit of work together. They've been doing a lot of rental portfolio, which is kind of why I latched on to them a little bit to help me here in this area with the, with the rental side. Um, 
but they want to learn the flip side. So we're going to do a couple of deals together. Um, they've got some private money behind them and stuff, but I found a lot of, you know, we talk about private money a lot. Right. And, sure. and I, I kind of, at first I was in my mind thinking like, you know, hundred thousand, 200,000 type investors, but man, I love the little 20,000 and $30,000 investors that help me move a rehab, right? Sure. Having that cash in hand that I can utilize their monies. Um, and in the last three weeks, I have found four of them that nice. can put just a little bit in, you know, and, and give them a return on their money over a couple of month period that's way higher than where it is where they're getting. As a matter of fact, I just got off the phone uh, on the other side of the Blue Ridge Mountains uh, with a girl that has a lazy 401k. And yeah. she's making the call today to move that 401k into a self-directed IRA because she's going to utilize it to invest in the, the property that we close on the 26th. So, nice. um, it's, it's, uh, man, if I, if I could tell myself one thing back, you know, a couple of years ago when I started to, to four or five years ago, it's private money, private money, start working on that private money, hit, yeah. hit that, you know, take, you know, we, we all have the rainy day, right? You got the sunshine days and the rainy days. And, and if you, if you take a little bit away from the, that cash that you're making through the flip, put it on the side, put it on the side. It takes care of the rainy day for you, you know, That's right. That's um, right. and, and learning how to leverage what you've got and leverage what somebody else has together to get your end goal, what you're, what you're after. So I've become much more cognizant of that. And that that's my focus here lately is, is leveraging, not just my money, <clears throat> but other people's money as well coming together to, to get my end goal right now, which is the long-term buy and hold the rental portfolios is, is what I'm Perfect. trying to build up. Yeah, you look at you look at a lender like us, like Freeland. I mean, you know, when I when I recruit private money for my own deals, and this is the backbone of what I've taught you and hundreds, thousands of other people, is you know, funding equals freedom. And I've borrowed millions and millions, tens of millions of dollars, and I pay my investors twelve percent interest or fifteen percent of my profits, whichever is greater. And there's a lot of people that gravitate to that and they're like, oh man, 12% is my minimum. I can get upside if I get 15% of the profit could be more. And the answer is yeah. And oh, by the way, the 12% is actually net. It's a net return. That's, there's no fees in there. It's 12% net. So it's the equivalent of getting 14, 15% in the stock market year after year after year after year. Well, I've taught that to Jim. I've taught that to, again, hundreds, thousands of other people who've used it. And, you know, a lot of them have had massive success. Some of them are a little bit apprehensive like Jim's been, right? But what Jim's done, which is really, really smart, is he's put together maybe two or three different types of money to still do his deals where he can essentially do the deal with, with no money down or no money out of his pocket. Where let's say an, a, a lender like me. So when I lend money, I lend money differently than when I borrow it. When I lend it, uh, we lend the, the, the purchase price and the rehab, but our borrowers like Jim have to pay for the rehab out of their own pocket and then we reimburse them. And they also have a monthly interest only payment. Well, what Jim's done is taken our money to fund the most of the deal. Let's say 80, 90% of the total deal. Well, he's used other people's money to maybe make his interest only payment for him or he's used other people's money to fund his rehab and then we reimburse him for it. So he's really not using any of his own cash. He's using somebody else's money to front them, front, front the rehab funds 
and then we're reimbursing him for it once the work is done, and then he gets his, his money back out of it. So using those two types of lenders together still allows Jim to do essentially do the deal with, with no money down or no money out of his own pocket. Very, very, very smart. And the beautiful thing about it for Jim and for other guys doing the same thing is as they do more deals, you get more and more credibility. And somebody that maybe gives you $25,000 today refers you to somebody that has $100,000, $400,000. Or what I find a lot too, Jim, you've probably seen this, is people will test you with little money. Yeah. They'll, they'll say, well, how about I start you with 25000 or 50000 Then you find out they've got a half a million dollars. They've got 250000 in their 401k. And they're like, hey, how about I give you 150000 this time? Yeah. Right? Then it starts the mushroom. And they, you know, the, 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 they started with this little amount. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then they refer you to other people. And this massive spider web starts to happen, uh, which is what's starting to happen for you, Jim. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, Jim, listen, as we, as we wrap up, uh, if you have any other comments around that topic, de- definitely let us know, mention that. And then is there any other advice that you, now that you've, you know, you've had a lot of experience, you've done a lot of successful flips. We know where you want to go in the future, but is there anything else you would tell your former self going back a couple of years ago, now that you've cut your teeth, now that you've made a lot of money in this business, now that you're achieving your goals, you're going hunting on a Tuesday, you're spending time with your kids on a random Thursday afternoon. Uh, what are, what's some advice that you give your former self, uh, that you wish you had known when you first got started? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll give you the advice first and then sure. I'll go back to uh, a little part that, that you were just kind of hitting on the spider web. Um, the biggest thing that I would tell myself is the excuses are over. You need to get off your butt. You need to pull the trigger, make the decision, dive in head first, feet first, your whole body, get in there and do it. There, and, and, let it be what it is. If, if, if you follow what you teach and the coaches teach, you're going to be fine, right? There's going to be some stumbling blocks along the way. Yeah. You know, I've, I, I've fired four of my best friends that were contractors, right? And, and here, one thing I would tell myself, my, my former self is what I heard on, on the stage is real. Like, you are going to fire your contractor every three to four jobs because you can't, you really can't hold them for much longer than that. Some of those relationships do last longer. I mean, of all of my crews of my original crew that first started, the only person that's still with me is my painter. And, gotcha. and he, he's freaking amazing. I wouldn't let him go for nothing. Um, you know, and, and, and another thing would be tell everybody that you come across. Don't be afraid to talk to people. Tell them what you do, right? right. It, it starts with the first question of, hi, I'm Jim. What's your name, right? And then, well, what do you do? Yeah. I, I don't give a shit what they do. I'm trying to get them to ask me what I do. Right. And that leads me to Good listener. the pitch, right? You know, well, I'm glad you asked. You know, I, I, I you know, I own you know, real estate companies and I get, I don't actually do the flips and things like that. We flip, we buy, hold, et cetera, but I get to do the things that I enjoy, which is to come out and meet people out here in the public and bring in private money, private capital into our, our companies, blah, blah, blah. blah right. So we all know kind of the, the, the elevator pitch getting started, but tell everybody what you do. Everybody is intrigued by real estate. No matter where you go with the rest of the sentences, 
everybody's intrigued by real estate. You know, I give them my telephone number and I tell them, if I don't care where you're looking for a house, give me a call. Let me know. I'm really good at getting them cheap, right? Maybe we can work a deal or, you know, I've been listening and I understand that you've got probably some money to work with. Give me your number. Let's get together. Let's have lunch. Let's have a telephone call. Let's have some kind of interface between us and see if there's something that we can do together, you know, but, um, always getting that telephone number from them because I don't care who it is. I don't care if you're talking to them about buying a house, if they're looking to buy a house from you, if they've got a deal that they think it's there, if it's money, no matter what guaranteed, they're not calling you. Yeah. You gotta right. be able to reach out back to them. Um, and that was a little lesson learned in the first handful of months where I was talking to a lot of people, but I didn't give them my contact information until I heard you say it on like a webinar one day. And I was like, damn, that's what I'm doing wrong. I'm not getting any callbacks. I need to be able to call them. So, right. you know, just listening. And sometimes it's just the, those little things, right? It is. Anybody who, anybody who we could buy a house from, you heard me say this, I don't know how many dozens of times. Anybody who could buy a house from, sell a house to, anybody who could be a private lender, or anybody who could be a cheerleader for us. Right. Somebody that we want to kind of bring into our business because I've done dozens and dozens and dozens of real estate deals, wholesale deals, short sales, rehabs, through referrals. And then the vast majority of my private lenders are all through referrals. Uh, You know, people that I met, some of them became private lenders, referred me, some of them just listened to my presentation and said, well, I don't really have any money or this isn't for me, but I got a friend that's interested in this and it's kind of spider webbed out. Um, and we deliver that, you know, private money magnet presentation, assuming that the people that we're talking to have no money. So that at the end, if they do have money, they say, what about me? I'm, I'm interested in this. I'm interested in real estate. Can we joint venture on a deal? Can I be a private lender? You know, can I, can I find a property that we can flip? I just got a text message yesterday from one of my buddies from high school going back like over 25 years ago who says, I want to start flipping houses. I need some help. I need some guidance. I want to pay for your mentoring. This is a close friend of mine who wants to pay me. And, you know, he's also, I, I also need your funding. So he's like, I want to, I want the mentoring. I want the funding, but you got to help me get going. I've been dying. And he's a very successful mortgage banker. He closes about 15 or 20 loans a month. He's got a team. He's networked in with a bunch of realtors, um, but th- this guy's a private lender to me that now wants to be an active investor. So again, don't assume anybody is going to be a buyer, a seller, a private lender, or a cheerleader. Just assume, assume everybody. Assume everybody's going to be one of those, and everybody can help you. You can help them. Everybody loves real estate, whether it's doing a flip, a rental, whatever. Uh, everybody, you know, has it, some interest in real estate one way or another. So that's, that's fantastic, Jim. And it's, it's kind of just getting the belief, right? The confidence to know that you can go talk to people, kind of throw it out there and they're going to be interested. You're not going to have egg on your face. Right. right? right. And really didn't, didn't you learn that? You're like, just the more I talk about it, really the more people are, there's way more people interested than not interested. Right. Two, uh, two quick stories for you. Um, one specifically to what we're talking about. Uh, this, this deal that we close up here on the 26th, we were having a lot of trouble with the, the selling agent, right? Not getting back to us. And I hopped on a plane. This is why you, why you got to talk to everybody. I hop on the plane and I'm sitting in first class and I'm between two guys in suits. They're clearly together. And I said to the one guy, I says, Hey, bud, I says, you know, if you want to sit over here by the aisle, 
next to your buddy. I said, I'm happy to switch with you. And he looks at me and he goes, seriously? He says, I've been with this guy all week. He says, I don't want to talk to him no more. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I said, yeah, it's all right, cool. You know, and, and so we take off and we get talking and I says, uh, I said, well, what do you guys do? And one guy says, well, I work for the banks. I said, really? I said, I said, that's cool. I said, like what bank? He goes, New York Mellon. I said, really? I said, I've bought like a handful of properties from you guys here lately. And he says, well, what's your name? I said, James Thomas. He goes, James Thomas. He goes, countrywide properties. He says, I know that one. He says, yeah. He says, you've bought about seven houses from us here in the last couple of years. I said, yeah. He says, you got another company too, right? And I said, yeah. He says, upper something or other. I said, yeah, upper Greenwood Lakes. And, uh, he says, yeah, you've bought like three with that one or so. I says, yeah. He says, uh, uh, I says, what do you do for New York, Mellon? He says, actually, I'm the head of their um, their assets, their non-performing assets, properties that we've taken uh, back. And I was uh, like, awesome. Yeah, I mean, here I am, and this guy knows my companies, right? This is why I'm having that that success with, with the, the HUDs and stuff. And, and uh, I said, I'm actually getting ready to buy one of your properties now. And he, he says, well, what's the address? So I give it to him. And I said, we've had a little bit of trouble with the, the agent on it. I said, they're not getting back to us. I said, well, we put in an offer, you know, quite a while ago. This was on Friday. He says, really? He says, I'll take care of that. Monday, yes. Monday, we get a telephone call from the agent that says, hey, you know, we just want to make sure that you understand you're buying the property as is and blah, 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 blah. Now, Ann's has become a real estate agent. So she's got her on speaker. And... Um, uh, I said, yeah, I said, that's why the contract says we're buying it as is, et cetera. And she's like, okay, well, you guys offer has been accepted. I just need this information from you guys and we're good to go. Yeah. I was like, perfect. I mean, what a relationship. Yeah. What a relationship to build just sitting on an airplane and you would never think that the guy next to you is controlling all of that. Right. Nice. Very um, cool. Yeah. So, and the, the spider web, if I can real quick, yeah. um, the very first house we did together, Josh, um, I Freeland helped me fund it. It was um, uh, 18 Shady Side. I remember Shady right. What a what a wreck that house was, but and how beautiful it turned out. The guy next door was also an investor. Where he learned, I don't know, but the house is is a piece of crap. Okay, yeah. um, the folks that bought Shady Side they're starting to make friends with the people that have that property under contract that they're going to buy. Um, some things go south. They find out some things through inspections that the house that, that 24 shady side is not the house that they want. <clears throat> and they called these people into their house and said, Hey, come in and take a look at this house. All right. The one thing I learned from DK a long time ago is put a sign in the front yard from the time you close the property to the time you're getting ready to sell it. Coming soon, coming soon, we need to sell, you know, whatever, and and tell who it's coming from, right? Because you're kind of building that brand a little bit. These guys had drove by Autobahn, saw my sign out front that said another one coming soon from Countrywide Properties. They called these people into their house and said, hey, come look at our house and tell us what you think. So they do a walk around. They fall in love with the house. The lady says to her, she said, if you like this house, the same guy that did this house just did another one on Autobahn. You need to go take a look at it. They literally walked out of there, called their agent. The agent scheduled an appointment. I'm in Autobahn, right? I'm tinkering around with a couple of things, keeping things clean because we're doing showings and whatnot. 
and I see it pop into my phone through Showtime that these guys are coming in right now. I'm okay. like, yeah, I can get out of here, right? So I'm starting to walk out as they're like unlock, trying to unlock the door. And I was like, uh, I'm sorry. I said, I'm trying to, to, to get out of here. I said, uh, I just see you scheduled the showing. So the it, it, long story short, these people came in that day, looked at the house, fell in love with it because a previous buyer sent them to me. Nice. Right. They liked the work that we did. And walked out of there and made not just an offer but a full price over asking offer to us well not by a lot by by like a thousand or two thousand bucks right locked it up just like that we just closed that out today now while they were moving in there um i went back to have with my plumber to take care of a uh their vent was off a little bit so they would fix that but they're moving in and they have a helper there helping them that's also looking for a house. They are raving because they also saw Riverside as well. Okay. That's another house that you guys have funded that we have right. on and said to her, Hey, you need to, you like this house? You need to go look at this one that he did because it's even nicer than this one. Right. So we have a, a scheduled appointment for the, her and her dad to go in and look at that house. So spider right. webbing, you know, if you're doing good work and people see it, they tell everybody and do the simple things like put that stupid little sign up in the front yard of who it is, because your buyers, if you're working that same area, they're driving by it and they're like, Hey, he's doing another one here. I got to tell my aunt, uncle, cousin, brother, sister, uncle, you know, whatever about it. So right. um, basically we've got a potential of three houses that we've done being sold to people that are friends to each other. Nice. Nice. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, well, Jim, listen, I know you got to hit the road. You just pulled off, uh, I think, off the turnpike to to do this interview, which is awesome. Yep. And uh, you got to get down to hunt for hunting season. And uh, I'm, yeah. I'm super proud of you, man. This is some great storytelling. I appreciate the, uh, the insight, uh, kind of where you are now and where you were and where you're going and uh, some of the stories about some of your deals. And um, so again, for our audience, if you're, you know, kind of watching this for the first time, maybe this is your first exposure to me or strategic real estate coach or Jim, uh, you know, check out, check out some of our websites, check out flippinfund.com. Uh, Flippin fund is our live event page. We do two live, usually two live events, live seminars a year. We bring all of our coaching students in and a lot of our successful students come. Uh, Jim is one of those is going to be at our event coming up. And uh, we'll bring him up on stage. He's going to tell some of the stories, some of the, the good, the bad, and the ugly about, about what's going on in the business and what's fun and exciting about his company. Um, so check out that, flippinfun.com. And people always ask us about our coaching program. Uh, Jim came to one of our live events and decided to jump into what's called Master's Elite, uh, which is really our highest level coaching and consulting program. It's a full year of, of, of training and consulting with me and with a coach one-on-one. Um, and, uh, but that's only available at our live event. So if you want any information about coaching, about having a real estate coach, one of my guys that I personally train guys that I were students of mine who are now coaches, uh, you can check that out at joshcantwellcoaching.com. Uh, now Jim, Jim's from New Jersey. So if anybody's listening to this, uh, from New Jersey, New York, kind of that Northeastern market and wants to connect with you, Jim, like what, what's a good way to get in touch with you? Do you have a website or an email? or something that if people want to network with you, they can reach out to you. 
Yeah, um, obviously they can find me uh, in our Master Elite and the the forty uh, the flip uh, sites on on uh, Facebook. Uh, yeah, email me at J L T I V three one six at gmail.com. Um, from there, I can give them more personal information, telephone numbers, etc. Um, yeah, we can connect. I'm more than happy to help anybody in any way that I can can do that. Rather, it's you know, going out with them, walking through a property to kind of look at numbers and stuff like that to, hey, I, I'm just down in the dumps and I need an ear, right? Yeah. Whatever it is you need. I mean, I just did that with, with, with one of our people and he's, you know, he's down in Texas, you know what I mean? So, or I'm sorry, he's out in California. So it's, I, I don't really care where you are. If you need a lift, if you need a kick in the pants, whatever it is, give me a shout and I'll help you out. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So look, yeah, if you're a, a buyer, seller, private lender, you know, just want to network, cheerleader, uh, you know, if you're in our group, obviously you probably know Jim. If you're in our accelerated investor program or inside of the, the uh, master's elite program, if you're, you know, outside of that group and you're not yet a subscriber or a student, uh, you know, for, again, check out our websites, flippinfun.com, joshcantwellcoaching.com, or uh, catch Jim at his email that he just mentioned. Uh, you know, again, he's from the from the New Jersey market. Network with him, do some deals together. Um, as one of our one of our coaching students, Joe Nemitz, said, um, "We all do better when we do deals together." And I thought that was really really cool. So, uh, just appreciate all of you guys if you're watching. Uh, thanks so much for being here. If you catch this on iTunes, uh, leave us a rating, leave us a review. If you thought it was five stars, give us five stars. If you have a question, leave it right there in the, uh, the ratings and reviews area. If you catch this on YouTube, same thing. Give us a thumbs up, thumbs down. Let us know how we did. Leave us a comment, a question. Uh, if there's a comment or question specifically for Jim, my team will grab it off of those platforms. We'll feed it over to Jim and, uh, and, and Jim will respond to, uh, to those comments as well. So Jim, listen, I will let you go. Uh, be safe on the road. Thanks so much for joining me today. I appreciate it. No problem, buddy. Thank you for all you do. You got it, buddy. Anytime. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Take buddy. care. You were just listening to Strategic Real Estate Coach Radio, hosted by Josh Cantwell and Kyle Gariffo. Leave a comment on our iTunes channel and let us know what you want to learn next, who you would like us to interview, or if you just want to share some of your success stories in real estate. And maybe we'll talk about it on our next show. While you're there, give us a five-star rating and make sure you subscribe so you can be the first to hear new episodes every Wednesday. Follow Josh Cantwell and Strategic Real Estate Coach on Facebook and Twitter. Check out all our awesome free training videos at youtube.com forward slash SREC video. If you want to find out 55 simple and powerful ways to find killer real estate investments, go to 55simpleways.com forward slash podcast right now to download our free report and get a ton of free resources on finding properties and funding properties. And stay up to date on what's happening right now in the real estate industry. That's 55simpleways.com forward slash podcast. Podcast. Thanks for listening.